Hello, welcome back to Business Matters. I am your host, Charles Musgrove, with the Bean Team. And you know what we do. We talk about the issues that matter to business. And today is no exception. We've got another great show. If you want to see our other shows, we've got all those recorded on YouTube. You can check out our website, beanteam.com, or go to YouTube and look for Business Matters. Bean Team, we're out there. We're on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, to, to uh, listen to the previous shows. That's great. So we've got a lot of good information out there, and today is uh, it's going to be another great show. Michelle Raywinkle Vasilinda, thank you so much for joining us. I'm glad to be here. Glad to be here. These are good times and bad times. You know, it, the Chinese have a saying that crisis is also opportunity, and this is just really interesting time for business and for our communities. I think it is, and it's uh, we do have you know just think back last week with the. Uh, with the jobs report we got out how great oh, that was it just it wonderful it was it was better than expected they revised the uh the previous months up so everything was on a high the market was up and then this coronavirus is uh becoming kind of front and center of of what's on tv and what's on everybody's mind as well yeah absolutely and i you know i don't know how this is going to shake out with regard to the jobs picture but it you know i heard purell for instance one company is hiring people three shifts round the clock weekends and everything else to gear up to get enough purell out to us and we know that that's been a problem you know so so you know there there are opportunities here as well as you know hits to business and some businesses are going to get hit harder like you know restaurants and that kind of thing so we need to be cognizant of that yeah and it's uh like you said crisis and opportunity so if you own purell stock then you were doing quite well <laughs> or clorox yeah I mean, God clorox, bless. So, yeah 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 so uh, if you're in the cleaning business yes you're doing well right now and if you're in the in the hospitality business you're probably a little bit uh nervous about what may happen right and yesterday the governor of the state of florida issued an executive order with it with an emergency uh, executive order, much like they do during hurricanes. This had some other meat to it with regard to pharmacies and pharmacies being able to give 30-day supply of of prescriptions, for instance, to affected communities, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, so, you know, the governor's ready for this. And I think, you know, some people have said there's too much hype. Other people have said there's not enough. I think the governor may be hitting a sweet spot in getting prepared. Right. And so no matter what happens here i think what's good about this whether you think it's too much hype or not this is a good drill for what might occur um you know with, with something even more severe absolutely it, it really um when things are going so well you don't forget about the bad things or what may happen and it's it is like you said it, at a minimum it helps us put a little reality in life and it helps us be prepared for what may happen in the future so let's hope we're over hyping let's hope we're over preparing but let's don't be underprepared and i really think that's the way the government both federal and the state level is working and i think think that's the way uh, families ought to be working as well i mean this is just this think about this if you think it's too much hype think about it then as a drill you know what what would you be thinking about if god forbid uh, coronavirus married up with ebola for instance right. I mean, that's not very that's, that's not yeah that's scary because coronavirus is much more contagious ebola wasn't as contagious but it was much more frightening disease and had effect on 
all kinds of folks. We, Our children are not terribly affected by coronavirus at this point, unless they're compromised. Right. So, you know, God bless the children. It looks like they are okay. So, you know, find places to be grateful in this, but also to, to figure out, you know, how, you're, how you need to prepare for Absolutely. something that might be more serious. So, um, but, you know, New York State has now 108 cases in New Rochelle in West Westchester County. And um, they have called in the National Guard. Uh, so I don't know whether, you know, that, that's going to be an interesting situation up there as well. Yeah, that's going to be very interesting. We'll come back to that. Uh, let's get run through kind of what the topics are that we're going to delve down into. It's, uh, you know, we jumped into the coronavirus, but we also have in the state of Florida right now, there's a there's a hot piece of legislation that's kind of kicking around related to E-Verify. There's there's what the governor's position and and uh, Oliva's position. So there's there's uh, I think that'll be interesting to see how that how that gets finalized. And and we're at the last. Are we at the last week of session right now? We're at the last scheduled week of session. The last regular week of session. There has been talk, very serious talk, about extending session. And I think in some ways that might be a negotiation tactic of. Um, either the Senate president or the speaker or both saying we're not locked into Friday being what's called sine die, the end of the of the session, mm-hmm. because that gives them a little more wiggle room and each one can kind of push as they as they see fit because there's different budget um, priorities for the Senate president and the Senate, and there's different budget priorities for the Speaker of the House and the House. And so, you know, we'll see what happens. Friday's yeah. supposed to be it, but it may not be. May flop over to next week. Yeah. So we've got E-Verify. Big deal. Big, huge deal. And, you know, that there is, a, I think we'll go through in the in the show a little more detail on the relationship or the kind of how the E-Verify, what, what components of that marry up with the coronavirus because there's you know there could be some things there that um correlate absolutely so you may you may yeah. be in favor of one position on one and again and on another on the corona so that'll be interesting to talk about that and um we may get into the idea of felons um assisting or taking the place of the illegal, illegal immigrants so right now with the with the unemployment as it has been prior to prior to the the coronavirus issue the unemployment has has just set records so so as a as a business owner and living in the business world it is it that's a great thing but it's also creates an issue with getting employees so when i talk to clients and others that are in that in the in the business community that's that's a challenge for them is to find good employees enough of them or they're, maybe they're, they're hopping around for a better position or higher rate. So you, you're seeing not only a shortage or the demand for the employees right now, but that allows for the wage increase for the employees as well. Absolutely. So, so all those are good things, absolutely right? Absolutely good things. The market is working. Yeah. So yeah. it's uh, I've heard some people refer to it as the you're living in the Trump economy right now. So that that is, uh, you know, that a lot of times they'll say, well, I'm struggling with getting an, enough employees. Well, it, that's a result of prosperity. <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, yeah. Absolutely. The market will fix all things. The market yeah. will yeah. fix all things. And if we have enough time, I do want to talk about the uh, the minimum wage because the, although that's, yeah. that's not kicking around through session right now, that is on the ballot. And that people will have the opportunity to vote on a increase in the minimum a minimum wage requirement. So that's a big deal in the state of Florida. Uh, I'd like to get your take on that, uh, w- whether you think it'll go through. What are the 
the pushes and the pulls on that and what what's the fallout of that because we've seen other states that have adopted it other communities new york is one out on the the west coast the left coast they've they've adopted it in, in washington and in other places so you know there's a there's a lot of media out there there's a lot of articles where you can look up and you can see the negatives you can see some places where they will be proponents for it and and you, you just wonder when you read that am i reading fake news is this real yeah, I am not for a mandatory minimum wage. I mean, let's just put it out there now. If you want to start yeah. with that, I no, mean, I, I think that yeah, wherever you want to start, you let me know. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yeah. And we've done previous shows on the minimum wage. We've talked to uh, people that are that are in the Florida Restaurant Lodging Association. We've talked to their uh, one of their general counsels about this. Uh, we've talked to restaurant owners. We've talked to uh, Drew McLeod about this, and their perspective is that it's. I hate to use the word detrimental or devastating, but they're pretty doggone close to saying that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it could be. Yeah. I mean, I really do think it could be. I mean, you start mandating that kind of thing, then, you, you know, you're putting sort of, you know, a ointment in the in the eye of, of success, you know, right. and I, I don't think it's 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 a poison ointment. You know, I don't think it's a good thing. I think we're we're trucking along very nicely now. There's a lot of things that, that can kind of fall out from this. You know, when you when you're talking about immigration and illegal immigration and stemming some of that, you know, that there everything is connected. You know, once you as a policymaker I learned you know, you push on one thing and something else pops up. And so you keep, you know, you want to keep your unintended consequences as low as possible. And I think one of the things I also learned is the market and the, the wisdom of the market does work. It takes a little while. Sometimes it's a little slow. Sometimes people get impatient, but it does take, it, it does take its, its, its course. And I think it works out best for everyone. You know, that's what we were built on as a nation. And I think, you know, I have great faith in that. So so if you put, e, you know, if you if you put the, um, you know, E-Verify and you make sure that we've got um, a, a stemming illegal immigration, which is actually kept wages artificially low. Right. And you have the universe of of citizens that are um, are, you know, employable. Then you kind of take a look at. What you were talking about as a business owner, if you can't get the right people, you might start offering a little bit more money, right? right. You don't need to be mandated to do that and ha artificially setting a level that may not work for your business and may not work for the guy and the girl down the street. You know, so so I think that's how we need to work with this this thing. And, um, you know, it, it just... It, it, it is it will take care of itself and with regard to felons and what's going on in our prison system you know we have a lot of of folks in the prison system in florida probably more per capita than almost any other state okay we're having a hard time hiring enough corrections officers okay so while i'm not liberal on crime or any of that sort of thing there are people that probably don't need to be in prison or maybe not quite as long and I don't want to upset the crime rate in any way shape or form so I want to be clear that you know, dangerous criminals need to be in there you know throw away the key if you need to you know so so but you take those felons that are American citizens and put them to work 
retrain them, make sure they're ready to work. And, and then you sort of sop up the positions that the illegal immigrants uh, would have taken on. And so I think, you know, and, and then you, you rise your, raise your boat, you know. Exactly. Has, you know, so I think that's, that's part of, I think, how things are all connected with regard to E-Verify, with regard to the $15 minimum wage. I think, you know, that these things, you know, if, if you take a market-based approach, I think you're in in much better it's shape. It's a much purer purer it is. <laughs> um, result. Absolutely. It's not a forced result that has been artificially propped up. Yes. So yes. let the market work it out, put everybody on a level playing ground so that you know who who's in the pool is all legal and that you employ them with based on market demands. Absolutely. And Senate, you know, a former Senate President Lee, he was Senate President, he's still in the Senate, um, and he has been carrying the E-Verify bill to get back to that one. Um, he had a wonderful speech yesterday that was just, you know, if, if young people could listen to that piece of, of speech, it wasn't very long, it was maybe a two minutes or whatever, but it, it talked about the Constitution of the United States, of how we were formed as a nation, of the, the reason why we are the, the most successful nation in the world. And I am all for American exceptionalism, you know, and I will never apologize for that. Absolutely. Is, is because... We of, should be proud of that. Absolutely. Is because of the rule of law. Right. And if you if you allow some companies, some farms, some whatever to uh, hire illegal immigrants because it's convenient, that's not that's not um, looking towards the rule of law. That's not fine. So where else then can we can we skimp? And then we start thinking in those ways, and then we get corrupt, and we get like a lot of these other other countries that are not not doing yeah, so you can't, well. You can't live in the gray, and I know that is. Uh not just on a on a company level, but its industries could be um, fall into that category as oh, well. Yeah. So yeah, I think that I think you're exactly right. Let's shine the light on it, make it a playing uh, a level, level playing, playing ground, field. right? So that everybody's under the same rules and they follow the rule of law. Yes, and the states. One of the things that other that Senator um, Lee talked about was that the states where the Constitution of the United States sort of lands is allowing the states to be the real focus of government and and also they are laboratories of what works and what doesn't and so the state needs to have this e-verify this was this was his argument this e-verify law that makes all companies all state agencies work with e-verify instead of just the i9 and so on and and, and move forward in that way and so that's yeah, a, it's argument. a big move forward the i9 is a is a form that's filled out when you're employed that's a required form and the employee presents documentation to say who they are and that they're a legal citizen or that they're a legal uh foreign citizen so uh that's a big step to go from the I-9 to the E-Verify, but that's an important step that needs to be done. Actually, I think it, it, it can serve to protect the employer. Absolutely, it can. Because, yeah, and so because I, there have been lawsuits, you know, discrimination lawsuits, that if you are not using the I-9 system 
properly, then you can get sued for discrimination and that kind of thing. I, I think that's kind of hyped up too, but if you really want to protect yourself, use the e-verify system and you're covered because right. you're, you know, you're not looking at documents that might have been forged. You're not having to wade through different documents. You go through e-verify with the United States government, Homeland Security, Social Security, all that sort of thing. It makes it, you know, simple. Yeah, I like it. Well, that's a lot, and I really like how our, our topics are going to relate to one another with the E-Verify, kind of how that, that weaves its way through. So immigration, E-Verify, illegal immigration, coronavirus, minimum wage, so it all has a, a correlation, and it all relates back to has an to impact business. on business, too. Absolutely. So I think this is, we're, we're talking kind of globally, uh, politic, political and laws and rules and things that are going through session now. Uh, things that are going to be on the ballot in November. But these are items that really affect business on an everyday basis. Yes, and people need to get engaged. I mean, and, and, you know, elections are coming up, um, both House and Senate at the state level. And I think a lot of people don't pay as much attention as they ought to to state-level politics. They care about the federal government because it's in the news, it's in the national news. They care about local government because it's, you know, which potholes are getting filled and that kind of stuff. Right. But state government really is where the action is, and I can tell you that. I I enjoyed my term in office, or my terms, I had four, from 2008 to 2016. It was a wonderful thing. learned a lot, um, and... Uh, was able to serve the people of the state of Florida. But that is, the, the rubber's meeting the road. It is. At both the House and the Senate. And what you need to watch out for is some people that are listening to the podcast will say, well, okay, well, that makes logical sense what, what, what um, Senator Lee is saying and so on and so forth. Well, then what's the problem? Well, it's not going to be smooth sailing yet because Speaker Oliva, who also is a Republican and generally considered very conservative, is saying that he doesn't like the E-Verify bill that the Senate has. Um, He wants a more watered-down version, uh, partially because he is a libertarian Republican and doesn't want government intruding. One of the things that the Senate bill says is that if you are not using E-Verify, if you opt out of the E-Verify system, then the Department of, of Economic Opportunity of the state of Florida can come in and audit your books. Um, and so that's upsetting to Speaker Oliva, who doesn't want government involvement. And also, he came from Cuba, his family came from Cuba, and he is actually, I I was kind of shocked, because by around this time in the session, they're a little bit more sometimes kumbaya, except for budget issues. He said it was un-American, it sounded un-American for this investigation, for Department of Economic Opportunity to have these investigatory uh, powers. Wow. But That's a big statement for him. It is, it is. Yeah, there's, um, I guess that's the state or the federal government. They can come in with different, with wage and hour can come in at any time now. So yeah, with with a simple complaint. So it is. Um, and ICE apparently has been able to do these I nine investigations for many many years, that's exactly and they right. have done. Uh, and matter of fact, there was a, a, lots of them that happened in 2011, and and so you know, in Democratic and Republican uh, administrations at the federal level, now we just want everybody to have a level playing field in the state of Florida. Everybody use E-Verify, and if you don't, if you choose not to use E-Verify, which is a very simple system, right, then 
you could be subject or you yes. are subject to yes the state coming in and auditing yes that's what the senate bill says right well, Levy doesn't want that but guess who also wants that the governor Har- yep <laughs> you got that yeah. one right yeah so uh i'm putting my money there yes me too actually <laughs> yeah. i mean i i love speaker oliva he's a great guy he's been doing a lot for health care um and that's another topic we can talk about another time but um you know if you choose him yeah but but he's done a lot for health care and so he's a great guy and i really like him but i'm i'm with uh senator uh lee on this one in the in the in the senate well, we'll keep our fingers crossed and watch it as it concludes yes. within the next two weeks. We'll yeah. say that. Yeah, because it's going to be it's going to be a bit of a hiccup. I think yeah. they're they're going to. This is something where then other pieces, just like all business folks know, when you got a, a lengthy contract and some you know bits and pieces, sometimes things that aren't related end up being negotiated pieces so there might be budget pieces that each one are have as differences within the 92 billion dollar budget that's that a we lot. have yeah so it it is e-verify is that the issue this year last year i think it was uh visit florida yes so, and and visit florida is still in there i must say right but this i think this has taken precedence and it's a little more um it's got a little more juice to it there's you know it's got um uh connection to trump connection to desantis there's all kinds of things what where the base is the right. republic you know so it's a really interesting interesting topic so watch watch it interesting times yeah. in the state of florida yeah. so john we're gonna we're gonna stop our pre-roll here we're going to play a little music and then we'll come in for the radio recording welcome to the business matters talk show with charles musgrove on business matters we discuss the issues that matter to your business find more episodes on apple podcast youtube and beanteam.com and now here's your host charles musgrove Welcome back. I am Charles Musgrove with Business Matters. Thank you for tuning in for another exciting episode. You know we bring the issues that matter to your business. We talk about those and we hopefully we can help you run your business better. We talk about the topics that are relevant. They're current and they're fun. They're interesting. Today is no exception to that rule. We have Michelle Raywinkle Vaseline in the house. Welcome, Michelle. Well, well, I'm very happy to be here. It's going to be great. We've uh, we've had a great time in our pre-roll. So if you want to hear that, go listen to uh, go listen to the show on Apple Podcast or iHeart, or check us out on YouTube. I think you'll you'll enjoy the pre-roll if you go watch that or listen to it. So we're going to continue the fun right now in the in the recorded show for the radios. So. Uh, we got some great topics to go over. We do. And, you know, yeah. I get excited about this stuff. This stuff is, you know, if, if you if you ever watched, you know, um, um, any kind of show, reality show or whatever, the Florida legislature and the, and the interaction with the governor and the interaction with business and lobbyists and all those folks that are on up there, it is very exciting. And, and it matters to business. It's not just stuff that goes on that is, you know, silly. It yeah, is, it is absolute... Uh, absolutely important for business folks to pay attention. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't want to gloss over this or run by it, but your service in the Florida House is important, and I want to say thank you for that uh, because you. you brought the passion to that, and we can all hear that today as you're as we're talking about these topics because that that passion you're still involved in that. I, I, 
to some extent I know you are because yeah. because oh, yeah. you're you're I very mean, knowledgeable yeah. about it. You're it's almost like you're up there on the in the in the house right now and you come down for this special little podcast that we're doing well i've got colleagues up there that i talk to and i you know i watch them and i was uh, down in the capitol complex earlier today and so you know i there are things going on that i'm i'm watching for sure and you know i i take the role seriously that i was in the legislature i have an insight and um i can interpret some of these things for folks or bring them out so that because i know people are busy so anytime anybody wants to to hear from me i'm i'm happy to to Excellent. Talk to about well, this stuff. that yeah. I, I love that. Thank you so much for for offering that and, and for your service. And just so the folks out there know what you're doing now, you're involved. At, you're still at TCC. I'm still at TCC. You're, you're a professor out there, and you're just kind of a political. You just know junkie. what's going on. I'm a, a political junkie. Yes. <laughs> so thank thank you for staying involved. Thank you for being a guest today. And you know we're gonna. Here are the topics we're going to go through today. We it, and I hate to even say this, but it, we're just going to have to do it. We're going to talk about the coronavirus. Oh yeah. So that is uh, that's front and center on the on the national scene, on the state scene, and the we international. Need to, we need scene. to be dealing yeah. with it on a on a local scene. And, and yeah, thanks thanks to the to the Chinese for bringing that to us. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, so. Let's talk about the coronavirus, and I think we can segue into that on some other topics that are going through session right now. Now, we're in the, as as we record this show, we're in the the last week or the next to the last week of session we're in the last week of, of regular what they call regular session it's a 60-day session and so friday would be the last day the 60th day and it should be signy die within that day period if it runs over then we talk about either an extended session or a special session that the governor will, would call but um in any event so yeah so we're we're heading up to it and the drama there is drama there see here's the cool uh, it, thing about yeah. this we're talking about what we think is going to happen in the drama yeah. that exists now yeah. when we listen to this in two weeks it's yeah. going to be done yeah it's going to be done so one, we'll, one way well we think yeah we hope it's done in two weeks <laughs> depends on how the negotiations go but you know the senate and the house are negotiating their two sides of the budget and their two sides of certain bills that have become controversial between the the house and the senate even though you've got a republican house member uh you know speaker of the house and a republican senate president uh, and a Republican governor. Yeah, they should all be holding hands and singing "Kumbaya," yeah, right? This you think? Be it. Yeah. Well, that doesn't quite happen, you know, because each each chamber has their own priorities, um, and each uh, person in the seat of the leadership of the House and the Senate have their priorities. And so the governor has his priorities. And so we are really in kind of territory. So this is where you kind of mesh those out and it all gets work. It's, it's some horse trading that goes on every yep. year this happens. Yes. So what is it? In the past year, it's been Visit Florida and other hot issues. What What are the issues that are rising to the top this year? E-Verify, I think, is really a big, hot issue. Um, and I didn't realize it was going to be that hot until I heard Speaker Oliva uh, say uh, a couple of days ago that he thought the Senate's version of E-Verify that the governor has actually pushed um, in his way and promoted in his way is something that they really don't think they can live with. Well, I, so I think that's that's kind of interesting. Um, so is I, he yeah. generally against E-Verify? 
codify or is it components of that it's, legislation? It's the components of that legislation. I think as a Republican, I think he agrees that we shouldn't be having illegal immigration and, you know, and, and agrees with respecting the rule of law. Very conservative guy. But I also think that Speaker Oliva is unhappy with a provision of the E-Verify that's coming out of the Senate, wherein if folks don't, if business people don't use E-Verify and they only rely on the I-9 system at this point in time, that they would then be subject to a Department of Economic Opportunity audit of um, of their employees. You know, ICE has been doing that already. We talked about that a little bit ago. ICE has been doing that already. They can do that. A business should be used to audits. Do your stuff right, and and all will be well, right? Right. And so, you know, in the E-Verify system, I think is, um, from what I understand, is easy enough to use. So it shouldn't be such a such a hard thing. Yeah, that would seem... And I would I would think that a lot of the large companies are already using E-Verify or, or something very similar to that anyway when they when they hire people. So it, that is, and we talked about this before, that really provides uh, a protection to the employer as well. So it, it maybe it's a little bit of red tape, maybe it's a requirement that the government has placed on the business owner, but it's for the betterment of both the protection of the business owner as well as us as as in the general population. Absolutely, because wouldn't you feel awful if you'd hired somebody that either brought in a disease, because then we're going to, you know, this this has some relationship to the coronavirus in some ways, um, either brought in a disease or was, uh, you know, a, a violent a in criminal, some way, right. a criminal. And so, um, you know, these are things that business doesn't want to be, you know, holding uh, you know, in their in their uh, buildings, you know, yeah. you don't want to have that. Yeah, because so, the way it works now is if you do the I nine, you're trusting that employee to give you the right documentation. You fill out the I nine correctly. It goes in the paper file, and you don't know that that's not a valid employee or or identification number until the end of the year when you filed your W twos. Right, and you and you shouldn't be, as a business person, be someone who's looking at documents to see if they're valid or not. Right. But leave it to the federal government. Let the federal government, with Homeland Security and Social Security Administration, let them handle it. I I, just, I think this is super, super easy. It makes it streamlined. It's already a requirement to do this. And Senator Lee, yesterday on the, on the Senate floor, had a really nice speech where he talked about that. This is already a requirement that American businesses, Florida businesses, are supposed to be adhering to so let's just make it easier for them right by you know switching from the i9 to the e-verify and making sure that everybody's got a level playing field and an easy way to do it and he wants to hire people for department of, of economic opportunity to make sure that if folks aren't using e-verify should this bill go forward that there is enough uh manpower women power to to go ahead and take um, a look at folks who aren't using yeah because that is an additional responsibility for that department i don't know that they have audit responsibility now so that that is something new and i can see that'd be a pretty big department so uh not not in favor of bigger government but i understand the reason that we want to do that is that that does, as you said, make a, a the level playing ground for all uh, all of the business owners out there. Yeah, and when I was in the the House, you know, I I was a Democrat, became an Independent, then became a Republican. I matured in the process. I learned, right? Well, thank you. And, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, you know, I'm here to say. So, but but I, I think that there's two things that even when I was a Democrat, I was a conservative Democrat, and then there became no room for that. But in any event, um, two things that I know government should do, especially the president, but protect borders, right. protect national security and state security, and keep you know people from getting bonked on the head when they're trying to do their business, their, go to school and live their lives, um, and, you know, and also the economy. Right. And so E-Verify has... That has led, all of those components. It does. It does. Absolutely. I mean, E-Verify has national security implications, as you're saying, and it also has economic implications. Right. If you have too many illegal immigrants, you're not going to have the job market we have now, which is marvelous. You right. know, we've got everybody employed, and God bless Governor, now Senator Scott. You know, sometimes he, oh, I love that. Guy. I, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he 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 simplified everything. Everybody needs a job first before anything else, and because it gives you a dignity, it gives you a, a reason, you know, to to contribute to your family, to contribute to your community. It is a building block. It was brilliant, and now we are almost at. And I think economists would say that We're the at nation full employment. is at full employment. Right. And so let's keep it that way, and E-Verify is, is a way to, to make sure that that happens, but it's also a way to make sure that we're not allowing folks into the country that might have uh, evil on their minds with regard to our national security or that might come in that have a disease right. diving into the coronavirus. Yeah, that's You a, know, right? What right? A, what a segue. So <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's tie that together because I've got, and, and thank you for sending this to me, this is the an executive order signed by Governor DeSantis, and this is hot off the press. This was signed yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Yesterday so, evening. Yesterday okay. evening. So I will put this on YouTube. You'll be able to get a copy of this or a link to this. So go check that out. We'll have some other interesting articles and information on our YouTube channel. So check that out uh, for some additional information. And the coronavirus. So this is the executive order uh, where he's declaring a... An emergency. An emergency for the state of Florida. So that is, honestly, this is the first time I've, I've put my hands on one of these or looked at it, so quite interesting. It is, and we have a government, right? We have a system where all citizens can read these things, right? It's and pretty I, neat. It is. It, God bless America, right? <laughs> I mean, honest to goodness. And so, you know, that's there. Now, most people don't go and read that and they don't have many may not have time but the fact that some of us are and the fact that it's available to you is really important and i, I believe think, so too and 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 if you have time to read it it's a good thing to go ahead and read to know what might be down the road for you because you know new york state for instance is they're sending out the national guard to give people groceries and that is that's scary so this, yeah. i'm holding up now the the last page of this page seven which has Governor Ron DeSantis' signature on it, so it's always neat to see that, the seal of Florida. So um, He's a great guy, too. Went to Israel um, with his entourage, Mike and I did, uh, in May. And, boy, energetic fellow there. I yeah. mean, we were exhausted by the end of that trip. I mean, you know, so in any event, that's, but he's, a, he's a good that's guy. That's good. Um, so we have kind of match up what we're doing in the state of florida and what's happened in new york now new york they they've got it's a little bit more heightened of a situation there related to coronavirus but if we look at that that kind of helps us maybe not to get scared right but, but to understand and be mentally prepared of what may happen 
with this coronavirus in our state, our community. Absolutely. And I don't think in, in March of 2020, you could have a show without talking about the coronavirus. It is just a hot topic. And it also is a responsible thing to do. Um, even if people think it's hyped, it, this is this is something that we need to be talking about. All right. There was an attorney in New York City who traveled through uh, Grand Central Station, went to the courthouse, went to his synagogue, apparently, and lives in New Rochelle, Westchester, New Rochelle, the city of Mm -hmm. Westchester County, New York State. He apparently infected the guy who drove him to the hospital, his family, uh, the doctor, I think, that saw him, and then a Apparently, he'd gone to synagogue and uh, infected members of his synagogue. So there are 108 cases in New Rochelle, which is a small bedroom community outside of New York State. Well, that's how fast this disease can replicate. Um, It's pretty contagious, there's no doubt. Whether it's dangerous or not, there's the question. It is dangerous to folks who are older the elderly right and and who have compromised immune systems who could you know this could be all our folks our loved ones who are having cancer treatment right. or even folks who have severe diabetes and that kind of thing so that's who we need to be careful of um and so and mem- you know so many members of our families and communities are in that boat right, right? so the the national guard now has been called out by governor como to deliver food uh, to the the families that are um, in quarantine, um, and he's pretty much put the whole city of New Rochelle kind of on in lockdown. a kind of in a quarantine. Yeah, wow. and so all public events have been uh, will be stopped as of Thursday. All schools will be closed. And the reason why I watch this is I've got a daughter who lives in Connecticut, which is very close, and another one who lives in New York City. So I'm very so much it's at home to you. I mean, uh, yeah, it, I mean, yeah, because we go visit there quite frequently. Yeah. And I actually, I came from upstate New York a long time ago when I was 17. But um, but it also is a a, a laboratory, mm-hmm. just like those cruise ships. I think right. the president, President Trump, said the cruise ships were kind of a laboratory to watch what could occur. Right. Well, New York State is a laboratory now. Governor DeSantis may handle it completely different than Governor Cuomo. Yeah, I, I think that's interesting yeah. that he's that the that the National Guard has been called in. Yeah, yeah, and I that, think that's in, I I think that's interesting too. Yeah, so that is so a gov, um, Democratic con- governor is going to that extent. Yes, yes, and I you know just to do a little bit of fairness here, I think that. You know, if if Governor DeSantis was the first one to call it the National Guard for this kind of thing, I think there would be some uh, some heavy criticism. But you got Governor Como, who essentially, and I don't know how far you want me to wander into this, but stop me if you want me to. But um, but Governor Como has said essentially the same thing that President Trump has said: "Don't panic. Uh, we'll handle this. We're working on it." Well, Governor, well, President Trump said the same thing. Right, and he got <laughs> and lambasted got, for it. By Governor Cuomo. <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen that. It, it is quite interesting. Yeah. So it's uh, not what you say, but it's who says it yes. that makes it right yes. or wrong. Often so. Yeah, it's yes. interesting. So that is, uh, so we've tied in the coronavirus with, with E-Verify. Now, what what happens with this, the $8 billion bill that... Um, Trump signed last week. 
that's going to get shoved down to the states, right? Or a large part of that? A large part of it. Congress is still going to work with that. I don't. I don't think the the president's got a. You know, a, he's not going to have the authority over that. But the Congress is, and so it will get shoved down to the states. Let's see what happens. Italy, for instance, um, has had a program now to keep mortgages at bay for people for at least thirty days. That's an interesting thing. Now, if you do that, do what is the federal government's role in that? If we did that here right. if we decided to do that here apparently you know companies like and and should companies be handling this themselves until they can't until right. somebody you know cries uncle uncle sam for instance right, right? exactly um but um you know uh walmart uh has said and so has amazon that if their people need to take sick leave they don't have to take it out of their sick leave account uh at this point and i think that's something that um that sounds logical to right. me at least during yeah this the bigger crisis. companies can afford to do that that's, yeah. that's for certain it's the small companies the small mom and pop companies that yeah they can do that for so long but the, the, that's pretty limited. Right. It is pretty limited. But then there might be some adaptions that some of the smaller companies can do to have people work from home right. or work in different ways. And so, you know, everybody's going to have to be creative in their thinking with this, responsible, I think, in their thinking with this, um, and use good old American ingenuity in how to handle this with right. either social distancing or those people who don't need to go out, don't go out. If you've got elders or, you know, there there are ways to do this. And I'm not sure that any Anybody can tell anybody exactly how to do it. Right. Thank God, right? But I do think that we all should say, this is a risk. How do we lessen the risk and keep business going and keep without panic? Because right. You can't hype it. Because no. Because the, the fear can cause more damage oh, than, the, yes. than catching the disease itself. Absolutely. So the the let's tie in the so the the eight billion dollars that we saw on the national level then we have what is the amount that's been set aside for the state of florida you know i don't know that exactly but we have good reserves excellent reserves because our economy has been just hopping right and i was in the legislature during the bp oil spill and we were didn't have great reserves at that point because we were kind of coming out of that great recession at that Mm -hmm. you know so that was a little bit scary but even then we had i think three billion dollars worth of um uh money that was available in in reserves what the governor has said in his um executive order is you know sort of whatever the agencies feel like they need to do to to control the crisis he's kind of given some leeway there for sure and um a good friend of mine jared moskowitz who is the um, director of the emergency management has now been uh, uh, appointed as the statewide coordinator for this effort and so any contracts that need to be done for you know to help with the situation right. they've kind of pulled out the stops so um i you know we'll, we'll see and i think everybody's going to be responsible and we just need to be be careful and know that the press is going to be watching right right and so the, i nobody, do believe they have that is a separate that has been separated out from the budget because we have the reserve funds for that so that's not getting tangled up with them finalizing the budget for no, this year. No, no. But what it is saying, if you read the executive order, is that if an agency is given a pot of money for something else, mm-hmm. that they can also use it to help with the um, emergency if they need to. So that that is also part of the reserve. Mm-hmm. And then we'll you know we'll worry about what that agency sh- you know was supposed to use that money right. for on down the line when we get back into the budget we also have um 
the legislative budget uh, council that is made up of senators and House members that meets throughout the year, not just during session when there are budgetary needs. So those people are appointed to those that that committee or, or council, and they are um, able to make some decisions going down the road. So we've got reserves. We've got this emergency order from the governor. I think we are well in hand, and Florida has a very very robust. Um, uh, economy, and if we don't panic, we're going to be fine. You know, yeah, I think this that's is, yeah, thing. get the, just the nature of of Florida and the economy and the the tourism that is that is critical to make people feel comfortable still to come here. Don't don't overreact to it, but be prepared and be and use common sense. And use common sense. You know, poor Italy. I feel bad. You know, but but I think they've got a, an older population, much like we do, and I think they don't want to be seen as a pariah like China. I mean, China started the right. virus, right? right? I mean, that's. I mean, we can talk about how that happened, but right. <laughs> but the point is, I think Italy is is trying to do its best not to be a pariah in this, and so you know they're doing some things that we may not need to do. Uh, but still, 7,000 people right now in Italy have uh, tested positive. Um, they're not as many. Certainly, there's a much smaller number that have uh, passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a 60, 60 million right. uh, population. So that 7,000 number is infinitesimal. I mean, to the families that are losing loved ones or who are frightened. Right. It's real to them, for sure. It's absolutely real. So I don't want anybody, you know, and we have to do this in the age of, of criticism of Trump, right? Right. We have to sort of, you know, kind of make sure that people understand that we're not being insensitive. Um, insensitive. Right. But the point is, these numbers are infinitesimal, and I think if we use common sense, we can and and in we can we can stop this. We can not panic. We can keep business going, and I think some of the adaptions that are happening actually may work down the line to help business. Right, it prepares us for what may happen in the future, or even be a better. A more productive business. Efficient. Yeah, more efficient, more effective. And sometimes, you know, as you know, as you look at the history of business over the United States and over the course of the history of the world, it's catalysts like these that kind of turn the switch onto something that was bubbling up that needed to come up. That was the push that people needed. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What is there? Has there been a a tie-in or let's don't do, let's don't push forward e-verify until this coronavirus is at at hand yeah uh the 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 democrats have said that um that is not a that is not between the the republican leaders that is a democratic uh, position that they've said if you push e-verify what you're going to do is push illegal immigrants who are in the state in already uh, into the shadows. They won't seek treatment, and then they'll go and be vectors all over the place and, you know, and, and this sort of specter of, of, of uh, you know, pushing the virus out. Right. I, I, that doesn't make much sense to me at all. Uh, and I also think if you're going to, you know, uh, look towards the future. You want to make sure you have a nice, secure border, and you're not encouraging people to come over the border because this is a, a pretty mild virus in right. general. What if you got Ebola on steroids or something, exactly. and you got people coming over the southern? And that's border? another thing that um, that Trump did to his credit early was let's let's stop stop Absolutely. people from coming in. That made great sense, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. So uh, although it caught a lot of criticism at the time, it in did. hindsight, it looks like that was. Wow, that was a genius move. So, 
Michelle, this has been an awesome show, but unfortunately we did not finish all of our topics, so we're going to have to have you back to ah. finish this show. So oh. uh, for all of you out I'd there listening it. to this, Thank so you. we're going to have part two of this show with Michelle Raywinkle Vasilinda, and we have brought, again, we have brought nuggets of knowledge to those that listen so thank you so much glad to be here thanks for tuning in you have been listening to business matters i'm your host charles musker with the bean team check us out next week have a great week have a blessed day peace The Business Matters Talk Show with Charles Musgrove is sponsored by The Bean Team. For all your business accounting and tax preparation needs, visit beanteam.com or call 893-7710. You can listen to more episodes of Business Matters on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or visit beanteam.com.